Welcome back to the Truth Leader Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I am back with another Ask Me Anything episode. This week, well, I guess I should start with if this is your first episode, if this is your first one here, if you haven't listened listened in a while, this Ask Me Anything series is something that I started in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. Where I said, if we were to go to coffee and you could just pick my brain about anything Girl Scouts, like, what would you want to chat about? And so my answers, my responses to these questions are off the cuff. It's not, they're not things that I spent a lot of time doing a bunch of research about or um, getting a bunch of other resources behind me or under my belt. It's just whatever I know off the cuff, because if we were sitting at coffee, I wouldn't really be able to sit there and do a bunch of research. So That's kind of the premise here is that this is just sort of like, uh, (laughs) let's just chat. So Kelly asked me, do you have any info on how to work through councils? I know it's not a one size fits all, but is a degree needed? And how do you get your foot in the door? Is there a way to get notified when jobs are needed? So Thank you for your question, Kelly. I would love to talk about this and I I can share a little bit about what my experience was like working for my council. Now, it's been a long time. I left my council about nine years ago, I think. Yeah, nine years ago. So um, it's been about a decade since I was working there. And um, I'm sure that there's been a lot that has changed. Obviously, I've stayed involved as a volunteer, so I know some things haven't changed, but uh, our like whole like primary leadership has changed in my local council since I worked there. So that's definitely different. I have a little cat who's being a little bit exploratory right now, so you might hear some noises. That's her trying to get around my booby traps uh, that keep her from coming and knocking into my microphone. So if you hear any noise in the background, it's a cat. <laughs> anyway, so the first thing I would say is um, it depends what kind of work you're looking for. So there, there has been a move in the Girl Scout world to flatten hierarchy. And what that means is that <laughs> there tends to be like senior leadership and then everyone else. And depending on the size of your council, you may have a mid-level management (laughs) track. Um, If you have a smaller council, you probably don't. You probably just literally have like leadership and everyone else. So um, with that being said, if you want to, like if you're asking about getting your foot in the door, most likely you are asking about more like the doers at council. So there's the leaders and the doers. And I would say the doers are more the ones who have the volunteer and girl interaction. They might be leading program. They might be, um, I mean, there's so many, so many things I was going to say, but like, it just definitely depends on the size of your council because I was going to mention they might be working in your council shop, but honestly, your council, you may not even have a physical council shop anymore if your council is really small. Also, if your council is really small, it could be someone in leadership who runs the council shop. The council shop might just be a room or like a closet or a wall behind the front desk. The council shop could also have multiple locations in their actual standalone stores. 
years totally does vary. So I can't even necessarily use that as like a confident example, but um, but actually that's a good thing to discuss is like what kind of jobs even exist. Now we're recording this in August, so we're coming out of summer camp season. Definitely there are always seasonal summer camp jobs. So around January, I would say, is a good time to really be looking at the job postings for summer camp. And they probably would want to have those filled. Um, And again, this might vary by council, but they probably would, you know, they're opening their camp programs to girl participants in January and February. So around the same time is when they're also hiring their staff and then there's going to be some staff training, et cetera. So if you're available to work at a summer camp property in your council for the summer season, then that's a good time to look for those jobs. There's also jobs giving programs, so running programs. There's, as you know, uh, hopefully, (laughs) your council runs some programs through council that troops and individual girl members can sign up to attend. And They can range from very large scale events to smaller scale events, but if it's hosted by council, then there has to be a council point person who is making that happen. So there's definitely program opportunities like that. There's also program uh, roles that include kind of running troops, which sounds a little bit weird because if you're listening to this, you're most likely a troop leader who does not get paid. So the idea that there are some council staff members who essentially run troops and get paid can feel a little bit like, what? But here's what they're doing. Normally, they are in a role that brings Girl Scout programming to girls in underserved populations. So it could be in an at-risk school environment and they're partnering with the school to create this after-school program. It could be girls in juvenile detention centers or whose moms are incarcerated. It could be specifically bringing them together for mother-daughter programming or for at-risk youth programming um, in the form of Girl Scouts. There's all kinds of things like that that are trying to break generational cycles or breaking, you know, behavioral patterns or circumstantial patterns that may cause girls or their families to um, experience that kind of obstacle or hardship. So there's there's often programs like that that exist. Um, there's also like the cookie department. That's a big one. So there's people who work in the cookie department. And the cookie department usually is also the nut and magazine department, the fall product um, department. So they are like product program is the terminology often you'll hear about that now if you're a really big council or if you have a really huge girl population you may have uh different teams within product program but basically they handle everything from uh working with the bakers for the prize lineup they also create and manage all of the like training and permission slips they also manage the cookie inventory so figuring out the initial order (laughs) for the whole council and then also any reorders kind of cookie distribution across your council like how do the cookies get where they need to go and like how many of each flavor 
there's sometimes um, some layers of management there. So like somebody who's overseeing the product program department, if your council is in an area that has council sponsored booths, and if you're new, this might be really overwhelming if you haven't even done a cookie season yet, but hang in there with me. Some cookie booths are going to be personally scheduled by the troop and some cookie booths are opportunities offered by council and the opportunities offered by council usually are corporate partnerships with like major chains so your major chain grocery stores your walmarts those kind of booths usually have to go through your council because it is a corporate partnership and sometimes those are even national partnerships so um they all are coordinated through your council there is a job that exists in many councils or part of somebody's job which is specifically to approach stores and chains and to solicit an agreement with them for troops to be able to booth in front of their stores. So like coordinating that whole effort. There is a job, there are jobs with council that are gonna be like conflict resolution. So um, mediation, oh, I didn't even say, let me back up before I get into mediation. There's also a lot of customer service in the product program team that I did not even touch on. <clears throat> so customer service for, I'm really meaning for volunteers and parents, and that's going to include all of the people who need help, whether that's they don't know what to do or they need technical support, and all the people who have questions or complaints during cookie season. That's like a huge part of working for product program. Um, so fielding those questions, taking that feedback, figuring out how things can be implemented differently or more effectively or efficiently in the future. That kind of work exists for councils. Um, okay, so back to mediation and conflict resolution. This is not specific to product program. This is in general. There's probably somebody or a team of people who handles like high level conflict. Now we're talking about um, when there's, you know, a volunteer who steals the cookie money and runs off with it, right? Or um, there's physical violence that happens between either two girls or two adults associated with a troop. Or um, there's, like, verbal abuse or harassment or something like high-level conflict there's usually somebody who handles that um, those kind of escalated conflicts and manages that when volunteers have to be asked not to return, um, which is rare, but it can happen. And um, there's usually a specific person at council who's responsible for handling that communication. Of course, there's a finance team at Girl Scout at your Girl Scout Council. They're going to handle um, things like payroll for the people who work there. They also there will be usually like an accounts payable person, an accounts receivable person. So there could be that could be a role that does all of it, right? <laughs> Depending on the size of your council, or that could be three roles um overseeing like the council budget and then all the budgets from the specific departments and so we're um looking at the like actual financial management and the financial health of your council that definitely is a role that exists recruitment and like member management that's another major opportunity working for girl scouts there is um 
going to be there are going to be some roles around um recruiting new members recruiting volunteers recruiting girls kind of managing and navigating the different back to school nights and other recruitment opportunities they're going to be the ones who have the recruitment resources or help develop the recruitment resources they might help develop uh the recruitment events that are council-wide um they are going to be point people often this is the same person but it could be two separate roles they're going to be the point person for your service units or your neighborhoods so they hopefully (laughs) at least sometimes attend your monthly leader meetings but they also often have a bunch of different uh like geographic areas that are assigned to them so in theory they would be attending those leader meetings like a bunch of different leader meetings and then sometimes they're assigned you know two areas that have their monthly meetings on the same night and that means they can't attend both right um if you have questions or whatever normally if you have to talk to a staff person this is like your point person right so your staff liaison if you will they're also going to be a person who like disseminates news from council normally at your leader meetings um they also might help oversee volunteer recognition um certainly most councils could use more help building up their uh council recognition stuff there's probably somebody at council who manages or oversees high awards so a high awards ceremony also the high awards applications getting them approved if your council is big enough to have a committee of volunteers who does that then there's somebody who oversees the um the committees right for high awards so that might that role might exist um then of course there's like fundraising so they have people who write grants and people who are like donor relations and they are trying to get like major gift contributions also small gift contributions and they're overseeing like that whole side of it like the nonprofit side of things um there is of course like c-suite folks who are going to liaise with the board and make sure that the board has everything they need and um, answer to the board about things there's also um and probably an hr department or an hr person anyway who's going to oversee hiring and um like employee engagement and management issues um i'm trying to think we do now have since we rolled out which a few have if you have joined in like the past 10 years then this is just how things have always been for you but if you've been around longer then you probably remember when the opportunity catalog and all of that rolled out is when on the back end what was happening is um girl scouts was actually creating a partnership with salesforce to manage so if you don't know what salesforce is it's um actually like a program that's used almost like a crm which is a customer relations management like database basically it's a system a database that holds all the information about every single member of your council and every single previous member of your council and that includes volunteers parents uh girl members staff members and then um 
It has like their history of the different roles that they've held. You can put notes in there. Um, it has their troop information in there. So uh, lots of for-profit <laughs> companies use Salesforce to manage their sales process, right? So then there's like a nonprofit version that some nonprofits are using. When I worked there, we rolled out the corporate version of Salesforce, but we were making it our own. I don't know what the current like backend looks like, but I share all of that to say um, that when that whole process like rolled out there, it created a department of like customer support people whose role is really to manage like Salesforce. So um, like member, I'm trying to think of what they're called. I think they're like member engagement. Uh, I can't quite remember. But anyways, point being, if you call and you're looking to switch your kid to a different troop, they can look at like the back end of the opportunity catalog and see what troops are available. If somebody fills out like an interest form online, their role is to follow up to get them hooked up with a troop or encourage them to start a troop if there isn't one already in their area. So all kinds of roles like that. And then sometimes those teams have managers, right? Just depends how big your area is, <laughs> how big your council is. So and then I don't think I even mentioned, uh, although I like talked about it at the beginning, working in your council shop. <laughs> so um and that could be being a cashier, that could be a manager, that might include what to order, like what items to have on hand, keeping track of the inventory, um, balancing the cash drawer, and um, that kind of thing. So lots and lots of different roles that might exist at your council. I think I got like most of the major ones. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to like do a spot check in my head of like, am I forgetting anything obvious like anything glaring um there's probably like a receptionist type of role or multiple roles who are responsible for answering the generic telephone number for your council and then they will guide that call wherever it needs to go um just trying to run through it in my head so lots and lots of roles the ones that are most commonly going to be available are going to be program recruitment and um the uh camp camp i mean that's going to be seasonal but camp roles so those are if you check to see what is open those are most commonly what's going to be available a lot of the other stuff that happens on staff is internal so once you're in you can kind of move around a bit easier and um, you can take on different roles so i started in my council shop and I was essentially like one of the store managers at the council shop. So I helped oversee the staff in the shop more. So there were two of us that were kind of like managerial. There was a manager who was already there. She's still there. So shout out to Heather. I don't think she's listening, listens to this podcast, but hey, Heather, if you do happen to listen to this, shout out to you. These were some of my favorite days of my entire work history, my entire work experience. I love, love, loved working alongside you. So shout out to you. 
So we, she really tended to handle more of the inventory side. She managed the ordering. She managed vendor relationships. She managed um, the orders, counting in the orders most of the time. I supported her with that, but she mostly handled that. And then I mostly handled more like personnel. And I wasn't responsible for that. Like we both did both. We definitely, she definitely also supported the personnel. Um, but yeah, it was both. And so we actually revamped the staffing of our council shop together. So we did a lot of hiring. We did um, a lot of employee reviews. We did, um, I, I also got to do like writing schedules and managing those shifts, like kind of being a floor manager more or less. So that was a big part of it. Managing online orders, that was a big part of it. So packing them up and shipping them. We also did um, count in orders when we got like our stock in. We had to make sure everything we ordered was there. So that was a big part of it. So I really, really enjoyed that. I had um, been working in retail before, in retail sales before that and retail management before that. So when I saw that job posting pop up, I thought working for Girl Scouts sounded so fun and I knew it was a job I was qualified to do. So I felt confident that I could get get my foot in the door, to your point, Kelly. So that got my foot in the door. And from there, I ended up, um, of course, I did like a bunch of committee type work. And Heather and I together at the shop, we did some programs and things and we expanded. We kind of got to define what we wanted it to look like. So that was really cool. And then um, I ended up taking on the conflict resolution slash mediator role, um, I, I had a background in conflict resolution, like my educational background is in conflict resolution. So because I tried to get involved and like make as many connections as possible, they knew that we had a mediator on staff who had been doing it for many years and she was very beloved and she was um, approaching retirement and decided on me as a successor. And so I got trained like directly from her. And then I ended up taking that over. And then I ended up splitting that role with another person because we both had additional jobs that we were primarily focused on. So from there, I was sharing that role and also working in volunteer support. And that was new volunteer training, hence a lot of what we talk about on this podcast. And my interest in that really, really supporting the volunteers, I, I really felt passionately even then that, um, you know, we're so girl focused and we should be, that's like the point, but also who's supporting the volunteers? Like we are tasked with this massive amount of leadership and business acumen and Girl Scout history and tradition and girl well-being and safety and all of this. And then we're just like, kind of stand up in front of a circle of kindergartners, kindergartners like, okay, here you go. So yeah, anyway, sorry, needed a little hydration break. So um, it was really important to me even then to support volunteers, especially new volunteers, and make sure they had the support they need getting onboarded. So we revamped like the training systems and um, we would coordinate with new, I was, uh, it was a team of two, again, me and, and one other person. And we really uh, tried to create that from there, I transitioned into working on my product program department. So I supported them during cookie season and I was doing inventory management primarily in my role on the cookie department. So I did 
I worked with my team to um, to submit the initial order to the baker. I coordinated. We have two shipping companies that we were working with in our state to <laughs> distribute the cookies across our council. I coordinated that initial pickup day when all the troops go pick up their cookies. So I had to disseminate to service units and then um, help oversee those like big cookie pickup days at a bunch of different locations throughout our council. I coordinated um, the cupboards. So I was like a cupboard liaison. Cookie cupboards, by the way, if you're new, those are people who like essentially volunteer their garage during cookie season as a cookie pickup location for troops to go get more cookies so that those are like scattered throughout council. So I was the the cupboard point person. And I also managed the cookie inventory for those cupboards throughout the season. And basically did all things inventory anytime we needed a reorder from the baker. So that's why I've done some episodes during cookie seasons in the years that I've been doing this podcast where I'm like, hey, let's talk about what managing cookie inventory is really like because it's easy to get frustrated when you just don't have what you need in hand. Um, It's easy to get really frustrated from like a micro level, but looking at it from kind of a macro level, I think can kind of help bring perspective as to why you might feel like, why don't I have what I need? What's going on at council? And it's like, I can literally tell you what's going on at council because that was my job. So I also did that for a season. So that was pretty cool experience. And then um, honestly, the reason I left is because, as you can imagine, it's not a lot of pay and it is a lot of hours. Now, I will say this was my favorite job, like working. I mean, I had a lot of jobs there, but working for girls, my Girl Scout Council was my favorite, favorite job I ever had in my career. I was very lucky to do it in my early 20s. um, And that sadly gave me a very misguided uh, expectation that I would ever be able to duplicate that magic again. And honestly, the closest I've ever been able to come is entrepreneurship and creating, having like the creativity and the leadership and and the ethics. Um, (laughs) My other jobs have kind of all been tougher, (laughs) um, both in ethics and in morale. So (laughs) I've struggled uh, with other jobs since then, but I really, really enjoyed that job so much. So I loved working there. The benefits were fantastic. I loved my coworkers. I'm still very much in touch with many of them today. And when I go to events as a volunteer, I still know so many of the staff there. So that's very cool. Uh, so just a very positive experience all around, but a lot of work, a lot of hours. I mean, especially on the product program team during cookie season, we worked seven days a week. I mean, if you weren't in the office, you were on call. You worked seven days a week, 10 to 12 hour days. And that's just kind of the way the cookie grumbles, right? So, um, that is definitely one thing I would say. That's also going to be true for camp season. If you're in any kind of role that coordinates with camp, uh, if you're not in a role that coordinates with camp, then the summer's really slow. Like that tends to be and and that might vary depending on council, I guess, because maybe your council has a lot of events and activities. If you live in an area where you can't do much during the winter, maybe you're really busy in the summer. But for us, the summer was really, really slow for most people unless your job involved coordinating with camp or literally working at camp, then it was obviously same kind of thing. Seven days a week, 10, I mean, well, really depending on your role, like 24 hours a day, like you are working constantly. 
And there's not a ton of money because most of the money is going to go into the program budget, right? Most of the money is going to go toward programs, girls, and um, running costs. So running camp is very expensive. Um, Having the facilities to store those kind of cookies, very expensive. Um, Primarily, we're going to look at camp properties, though, as like a major expense line. So anyway, hopefully that gives you some insight. Now, um, as far as like how to find those jobs, you should be able to go to your council website and they will have jobs posted. Um, Most of the jobs that are going to be posted are going to be the doers. They're going to be program recruitment. Sometimes you might see like cookies or council shop pop up in there um, and camp will have its own normally its own page if there's a camp role that exists year round that's going to be on the regular council page if it's seasonal that will often be its own system um so if you're applying to like be a camp counselor or a camp nurse and you're only hired seasonally then that's not usually going to show up on the main um, council employment page it's going to have its own system in your council web page though it'll have like Sometimes there will be temp jobs or seasonal jobs, but they're like, I guess you could think of it as like headquarters jobs, right? So um, they might, you might have um, like umbrella offices, like satellite offices. So it's possible those would still be considered like headquarter jobs, but they're at satellite offices throughout your council. But most of those jobs are going to be based at your headquarters, wherever your council headquarters is. And um, also the recruitment roles, those are going to exist throughout your council territory. But most councils, those are still going to be based out of the headquarter location so you're going to have to go there sometimes and how often probably depends on your council how big your council is both geographically and also um girl member wise so if you have a huge geographic area and you're located really far away from your council headquarters you may not have to go out there as often and when you do it's usually going to be like a paid situation right like they're paying you to come there if Um, you're located more close and that's relative but if you're not in an extended area if you're closer to the council headquarters you may even have to go into the office during office hours or however many days a week like it's a balance of both and having to attend some meetings in person and also like at the headquarter office with your team and your manager and also having to do like events that are throughout your your designated geographic area and also like i said usually that would include attending leader meetings in the evenings so that's going to be more of like a night and weekend type of situation where most roles that are based out of council headquarters are going to be quote unquote office hours and i'm saying quote unquote because if you've ever worked for a nonprofit you know office hours can kind of be like daylight <laughs> um but not necessarily. And it depends on the season for sure. I will say, um, again, I want to reiterate, we had really, really good benefits and we had really, really good PTO, like a lot of sick time, a lot of vacation time, a lot of paid holidays. Um, We also had, in my experience, uh, we also had, and of course it was a while ago, and this is specific to my council 10 years ago. I have no idea if they still do it and I have no idea if other councils do this, but they often would gift us 
paid time off from Christmas to New Year's. So we would get like a good stretch of like 10 or 11 paid days off gifted to us at that time. Um, that was really, really nice. And um, as long as it's not like during cookie season, you can almost take unlimited time off, which is great. So anyway, there's lots of benefits to working there. I loved also that the people I was working with were their values were shared with me. The purpose, like we were all there because we wanted to better the lives of girls and women and uh, close gender gaps and support girls and um, give girls, set girls up for the best possible lives they could have. And to have that shared value set and that shared mission was just indescribably powerful. You just don't really get that in a lot of work environments. So I really loved that. I also was pretty fortunate. My council was very invested in personal and professional development. So we had a lot of opportunities for um, retreats, trainings, workshops. Girl Scouts as a national organization had a lot of things they offered that we were able to participate in virtually or to actually attend um, like national conferences and events. We also um, internally, we had a lot of personal and professional development that our council leadership was really focused on providing us. I can't speak to if that's still true, because like I said, that was 10 years ago. And I can't speak to if all councils prioritize that. But I do think they do because it's like very to in their own way. It's very aligned with like the mission of the organization. There's a lot of cross-functional team opportunities. So there's a lot of things you can like volunteer to do in addition to your regular role in order to make things better both for the staff as well as for the volunteers so there's always more to get involved in which i really loved some councils have limitations or restrictions for what kind of volunteer roles you can have at the same time as you work there so that's definitely something to inquire about like um you might have limitations about being able to be a troop leader. You might have limitations about being able to be on a troop bank account. You might, you know, there might be things that you're restricted on. And uh, that's totally going to vary. Some councils don't have any restriction on that at all. And other councils might be very strict and then everything in between. But the reason why is to try to, why that exists, that, uh, exists in some places is to try to diminish favoritism because if you know um i'm the one coordinating the council booths how easy would it be for me to just pop my troop in i mean i didn't do that i didn't coordinate council booths but how easy would it be if i was that person and i was a troop leader to just pop my troop in right like i could do that before it opens to everybody else or i'm the one who literally hits go to open up council booths or something so i could easily um position myself to have an unfair advantage uh over other people so there's things like that that they're trying to avoid favoritism for or like any kind of underhanded activities so um so sometimes there may be restrictions to you doing both if you did want to work for your council. 
And it's definitely going to be a big commitment to try to do both. So that's another thing that I would caution, even if you're allowed. It's being a, a troop leader is a lot and working for council is a lot. So um, it might be a good thing to consider if your girls are aging out or if your daughter decided she doesn't want to continue, um, if your troop kind of fell apart um, and it's disbanding, but you want to stay involved with Girl Scouts, you really, really love it. That could be a good opportunity to do it. Um yeah. So just my two cents. I mean, that's just my advice. So the main way you're going to get your foot in the door is by looking at your council website and then checking their job postings. And whether or not you can get notified when there are jobs available will probably depend on their specific system. I don't know how to, like with my own council, I don't know how to set up any kind of notifications when there's a new job. You would just have to check often. Um, another thing would be to make contacts in your council and let them know that you're interested and to know the people. So attend council events as much as possible and talk to the staff. Also, you can connect with a lot of staff on like LinkedIn or even Facebook and try to build those relationships and let them know what type of work you'd be interested in and just let them know I'm very interested. If there's ever an opening like this, I would very much like to do this. Or do you know of any openings coming? Um, because they might know somebody's talking about retiring or whatever. Um, kind of similar to volunteers at Girl Scouts. I feel like there's a very similar pattern with staff where there's like a three-year limit where like most staff <laughs> doesn't even make it three years. There's a lot of turnover. But if you make it past three years, you're probably a lifer and <laughs> you're going to be there for like 15, 20, 25 years, which if you think about the lifetime of the organization, like we had a CEO. I can't, I'm not sure exactly how many years, but it was more than 25, I'm pretty sure. So if you think about like our previous CEO, the one who I worked underneath, um, she literally was the CEO of our council for more than 25% of our council's entire existence. Like for a quarter of the time our council existed, she was the CEO. That's really wild. But um, but yeah, there are people who had been there 10 plus years, 15 plus years, 20 plus years. Uh, and then there were people who had been there for six months. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like that. And um, and then for like leadership positions, they often go through like headhunters or you can usually see council leadership positions on the GSUSA webpage. So if you wanted to like have a CEO role or something like that, those kind of roles you would go through. Usually the GSUSA page has like a, a job um, listing page for different councils who are seeking out leadership. Now, GSUSA doesn't have anything to do with, I don't think, um, the like actual recruitment process. That's going to be your council board is going to have a lot more to do with who gets hired as a CEO, G not GSUSA, um, but GSUSA tends to collect those opportunities that you can browse on their page. I would say, again, with leadership, a lot of that is going to be who you know and making those personal connections and then getting your foot in the door that way and then making sure they know you're interested. And they're specifically going to be looking to poach people in leadership from other organizations. So 
if you aren't currently a CEO of something, then you're going to have a harder time become if you becoming a CEO of a council. They're looking for other C, like people they can poach from other like executive directors or CEO roles, or they're going to promote somebody internally. So they'll like pick someone and then they will groom them and that person will ultimately be in like line for this succession plan. So um so to get in on the leadership level is going to be a little bit more difficult. And again, it's just going to be relationships. It's going to be um, having that leadership experience, that executive experience elsewhere. And then one place you can find out if a council is looking is through GSUSA's page. So girlscouts.org. Um yeah, anyway, I hope that this helps. I'm trying to like look back. Oh, a degree. Is a degree needed? It probably depends on the role. I think mostly for like program type roles, no. Uh, I think these days, like putting my, I used to do resume and um, job search support, like career services type help. Um, I would say a lot of jobs in general will list that they want a degree even if it's not necessarily needed. Um, so don't let that deter you unless it's something that needs some kind of credentialing. So if you wanted to be like the accountant for your council, then you're going to have to have accountant certification, in which case, yeah, you're going to need a degree for that. But um, and I think it would be even fair for them to say they wanted someone who had a degree in accounting or finance if you wanted to work in the finance team, like or you're going to have to have work experience. That's the equivalent of that. But to do program, to work in the cookie department, to work at the council shop, to work at summer camp, unless you're going to be like a camp nurse, then you need to be a nurse. So yes, degree required. But to be like a camp counselor or like seasonal staff there, I don't think that they would require a degree for anything like that. Um, so generally speaking, unless it requires like credentials, I would say even if they ask for a degree, don't let that stop you. But um, and some roles might require a degree, but a lot probably don't require one. So no, I don't think a degree is needed for most of it. Um, and then, yeah, I think that pretty much covers your question, Kelly, but I hope this is helpful. If anybody listening works for council, I know there's some of you listening. If any of you wants to give your two cents about either a role I forgot or advice for how to get your foot in the door or anything you want to contribute to mention, I would be happy to feature your response or your answers. Uh, and also, um, if you are interested in joining your council staff and you do wind up as a result of listening to this podcast, let us know what role you ended up taking on. So definitely interested. And um, yeah, if this kind of content is interesting to you, if you want to hear more from the staff side, let me know. Um, mostly we've been focused on the volunteer side in this podcast, but I always am trying to make sure that I'm covering topics that are most interesting to you. So if you would like to hear more about anything to do with working for council or GSUSA, which I've never worked for GSUSA, but um, so I'm definitely like interested in learning more about that myself. Um, in case you didn't know, GSUSA is based technically in New Jersey, but like new, the kind of New Jersey that's basically New York City. So like that area. So if you um, are interested in working for GSUSA, I guess I should go ahead and mention this. Um, yeah, girlscouts.org is where those jobs are going to be posted. 
I think more of those would require a degree and most of those are going to require you to be local. So you're going to have to live there. Um, if you, I'm sure there's some like remote jobs and there's definitely some jobs that involve a lot of travel to travel to councils um, at GSUSA. So anyways, if you want to hear more about like working for GSUSA, I can share what I know. I can also try to find somebody who does work for GSUSA. If you work for GSUSA and you're listening to this and you want to talk about it, let's get on a call. Um, but yeah, I can definitely talk more about that if that's something that interests you. That used to be like a dream job of mine, except for I never wanted to live in that area. Um, like there's lots of places I would rather go than there. I wish it was located in California or DC. I'd be way more interested in living there or the Pacific Northwest. But, um, but anyways, just my two cents. So that's the, that's the, I grew up in New England and now I live in Arizona girl in me is like, I want to go back up there. I want to go somewhere different. So anyhow, I hope this is helpful and I'll see you next week.